Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. You can control the content of the site. So when you find something online that you think is interesting, you can submit it as show prep, as we call it, over at freetalklive.com. So that could be anything. It could be a YouTube video that you think is interesting. It could be a news item. It could be some kind of a blog post. Whatever you think our listeners would enjoy, you submit it as show prep, and then it will be voted upon. And the way you can vote on things is by clicking the little plus or minus buttons on each of the items. Uh, But you'll see the items on the front page. Those have already made it out of the upcoming stories queue. It's important that if you want to participate at freetalklive.com, it's the most important thing you can do is to go to the upcoming stories page. And uh, you'll see the link right there on the front page. But you click upcoming stories and then vote on those upcoming stories. And the more the more votes they get, the more likely they'll be promoted, as it's called, to the front page of the site. Meaning we're more likely to see them and other listeners are also more likely to see them. Uh, you can go to freetalklive.com to get interactive. Here in the studio this evening, it's Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. And uh, by the way, Brad is, uh, is running himself a sheriff's campaign. We'll tell you more about uh, that that's why you're all dressed up tonight. I got dressed up for you, Ian. Look, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. I don't believe him. Uh, he's a politician. <laughs> 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. So there's a lot to talk about tonight, but we actually have a special guest to start things out with this evening. Uh, but coming up, magnets have apparently been banned. Uh, we'll explain that to you. Uh, but first, we've got Jim Babka on the line from DownsizedDC.org. Jim, good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, so what's uh, what's going on in the downsized DC world? Uh, I heard you these guys days? had some huge victories. Yeah, we have. We're very excited that uh, Rand Paul uh, has introduced the Read the Bills Act, the One Subject at a Time Act, and the Write the Laws Act. The One Subject at a Time Act. This is the was interested in, introduced in the House. By the way, I'm getting a lot of feedback in my ear, and it's really throwing me. Yikes! I um, don't know why. Well, tell you what, uh, Jim, why don't you just uh, hang up, call back on another line here, and uh, that'll probably clear that up. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to people about uh, these uh, victories you've had in the meantime. All right, I'll be right back. Okay. Very good. Yeah, so, Mark, you uh, were really excited about what was going on with Downsize DC. We've had Jim Babka on for years on this program. He's probably the most prolific guest that we've had on the show over all the years that we've been doing Free Talk Live. Although we are going to have Gene Ray on the show very soon. We have had Gene Ray on a couple times in the past. He's coming on Saturday night. So it's actually kind of a guest-heavy week. Normally we don't have guests on yeah, Free Talk Gene Live. Gene Ray is all for fun and everything. But uh, Jim Babka's... Gene uh, Ray is the wisest human. I don't know what you're talking about. All, all right. for fun. So uh, Jim Babka's uh, been trying for some time to get these really great laws through. Laws that say that our politicians need to read the laws out loud and know what they say before they pass them. Laws that say there can only be one subject at a time in a law. There needs to be, they need to either sit there or sign a sworn affidavit that they did read it. Had read it, that's right. right. Well, right, and uh, these are laws that when you ask people about them, just the average person, whether they're uh, Republican or Democrat or Independent or whatever, these are people. These are laws that people can get behind because who doesn't agree with the idea of hey, those politicians should read the stuff they're voting on. The right. politicians are the ones who don't agree with that, and well, the right. politicians are the ones who vote on that. So, which is why it's a surprise that uh, it's moved forward. So I guess Rand Paul deserves some credit uh, for this, I and mean, he d- definitely does a, a lot of things I don't agree with. But uh, Jim, uh, is the connection any better? Well, let's see. Oh yeah, that's a lot better. Okay, great. 
Um, so so we're, we're just thrilled because the Read the Bills Act, we thought this would be the most difficult to pass, and it's the one we've been working on the longest. This is the very first time it's been introduced. Same with the Write the Laws Act. And uh, we also were able to update uh, that not only is the one subject uh, at a time act been introduced by Rand Paul in the Senate, but we're up to eight co-sponsors in the House uh, on that. So, you know, we feel like we're making some progress on this, although, you know, I think the politicians are going to be reluctant to do the right thing here. And so, you know, we're going to be doing some new things with these bills as time goes by. But uh, uh, for now, we're celebrating uh, the good news of this uh, of this progress. Yeah, and I mean, I think this is a big victory. Let's be clear here that uh, you know Ron Paul was not willing to back the Read the Bills Act um, up hmm. to this point. So Rand really stepped up, and I mean, this is a big thing for a junior senator to be doing. I mean, he, his, his, if, if they decide that they hate this guy, his career could be over. Jim, I have to wonder, what are the arguments that are uh, put forward by the politicians who oppose the Read the Bills Act? I mean, is anyone like on record speaking out completely against it? Well, oh, sure. Oh, definitely. In fact, we uh, people get letters back from their members of Congress saying that they think that this is a a stalling tactic, that it'll jam up the works, that they won't be able to pass all the bills that they have to pass. And they're right. That's the intention. We're downsized D.C. We want them to pass fewer laws. We want the laws to be shorter, and we want the American people to be able to read them rather than have them snuck through at the last minute. Uh, the, the clause that they object to the most in the Read the Bills Act, the one that they say is the poison pill, is the one that we believe is the most potent and powerful, unsurprisingly, and that's that they have to sit a quorum, 50 percent plus one of the members, and listen to a literal word-for-word, in-order reading of the entire bill. So that way they just can't BS you and say, oh, yeah, I read it. Well, even more important than that, we're trying to change the incentive process here. We want them to have to sit and listen to the bills. When the bills start to get really long because they're doing all that horse trading with each other, and they're putting one guy's pork in and another guy's pork in, and the bill's getting longer and longer, they have to sit through and listen to the reading of it. We want to put an incentive in there for those kind of things not to happen. We want the bills to be shorter. The mind will procure what the hiney will endure. So they're going to have an incentive to make these bills clearer, shorter, more direct, uh, covering fewer topics of our lives, and that's the, to us, that is the most important clause, and to them, it's the one that makes it a poison pill. So Rand has introduced these bills. Does it have co-sponsors yet? No, no. And, and you know, this is a very important thing. He's done uh, this basically this very minimal thing, which is he, he has sponsored it. Um, but, you know, we're kind of still on our own to a large degree as to what's happening. Uh, the, I have to be honest here. The, the response in, in Congressman Marino's office was much more enthusiastic when he did finally sign on to the One Subject at a Time Act. He really reached out to his colleagues, and we got co-sponsors, including Ron Paul, because of Tom Marino. Uh, he did the work to make that happen, uh, and we helped it. We did everything we could to be supportive and assist. We, we had our people always coming and saying thank you to those that were joining. Uh, we put press releases out and did all of that stuff. Um, but... Uh, you know, what we're going to do now is we're going to meet with uh, Rand. I'm going to uh, Washington, D.C. to meet with his staff in August, uh, right near the middle of the month, and we are sitting down and we're going to discuss uh, a reintroduction plan for the upcoming Congress. So he's already committed to, to doing something in the next Congress, provided we can work out a couple of things that he wants, concerns he has about how we wrote these bills this time around. Um, and hopefully, you know, we're, we're taking our attorney. Hopefully that will... Uh, will go smoothly. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually excited about it, and I hope it also means we'll have an opportunity to talk about what we can do to publicize these bills some more. What is it that uh, our listeners here can do, if anything, to assist you with this process? Well, uh, the most important thing is, is uh, to go to downsizedc.org. 
Uh, use the tool that we've made available. Uh, we, you, can, you just put in your basic contact information. The system tells you who your representative and two senators are and allows you to send a personalized message. Uh, all three of these campaigns are uh, set up under our Downsize DC Agenda tab. Two of them are located right in the top left-hand corner of our homepage. Uh, it's the Read the Bills Act, the Write the Laws Act, and the One Subject at a Time Act. Uh, one subject means they can only cover one topic in a bill. It's got to be described in the, in the title. Write the Laws means that bureaucrats can't be writing regulations that bind American citizens. That's the job and duty of a Congress, which, of course, they'd have to read those bills, too. Uh, and so, you know, what we're trying to do here is get those bills moving forward, and we've tried to make that as simple as possible. It's an easy, free tool. Uh, each of you I know have used it. It's at downsizedc.org. Now, uh, Jim, d- don't like 45 of the 50 states have this one uh, one subject at a time kind of rule where you can only have – because, I mean, this is how we got the Patriot Act, right? Like a, like at midnight or something, the, the Congress passed a budget and the Patriot Act was slipped in there. They just happened to yeah, have we've a gotten a ton of things. I know you guys. Yeah, we've gotten a ton of things over the years. I know you guys followed like Real ID Act that was stuffed in with tsunami relief and a troop appropriation bill. Yeah, uh, the, you know, uh, we we've had uh, the Lautenberg gun ban was put in a transportation bill. Yes, forty-five state constitutions. Not just it's not just a law. It's in the constitutions of forty-five of our states. More here with Jim Babka. Can you stick with us for another segment? Sure. All right, Jim's with us here. If you've got a question for him, he is the man behind DC.org. one of them, uh, but uh, with the founder of it. DC.org uh, is where you can go to get signed up for their dispatch, and we'll continue with Jim Babka in moments. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can get in now if you've got a question for uh, Jim Babka. Normally we don't have guests on the show, but there are certain people that, uh, well... We give that opportunity, too. And uh, Jim is one of them. We've had him on over the years. Uh, Downsize DC has been around for uh, for quite a while. Actually, got to start uh, shortly after the Harry Brown campaign. And uh, and Jim Babka, that's that's how you and I met, uh, was you were doing media relations for Harry Brown, who was the Libertarian Party's presidential candidate back in the year 2000 and actually also in uh, 1996. And we kind of hooked up during that, uh, that campaign. And it was after that that you uh, went off and created a different organization that ended up kind of spinning into uh, downsizedc.org and it's you know it's been great following all the effort that you've been putting in uh to uh to this over the years i don't know if dc has been downsized yet but darn it you're still out there uh giving it your best and i appreciate you know it. and it's interesting uh you talk about spinning out we're gonna be coming back to talk to you soon about spinning out some more because we're already beginning to uh, preview some uh, some new tactics we're going to be taking that are much more of a voluntary bent uh, much more directed at the people instead of the powerful. And uh, so I'm kind of excited about some of the new things we got coming up. It's yeah, you've been getting all radicalized cool. on me, uh, which I'm, I'm yes. pretty excited about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm following in your footsteps a little bit, I guess. And you're one of the people that uh, I, I admire in this. You know, I had you and, 
and Peter on back uh, earlier this year when I was guest hosting a radio show to talk about, you know, some of your philosophy. And, and, you know, frankly, we've just come to the conclusion, even on these bills, to be perfectly honest with you, it's almost anticlimactic in a way for us if this happened. I mean, we're supposed to be thrilled and excited, but I recognize that there's still 99 other senators, and they're not eager to come sign up for this thing. And it's very, very hard. We've raised the bar to an exceedingly high level. And at the end of the day, it always comes down to two things. It comes down to the people, and it comes down more specifically, secondly, to their consent. Uh, all governments rest on the consent of the governed, and this government doesn't really deserve the consent it gets. No doubt. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's exciting that uh, that you've managed to get these bills introduced. I mean, it's been a long time in coming, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited that it's, you know, they even get get heard, that people get a chance to to talk about it. I mean, I sincerely hope they get a little bit of news. The ideas that Congress should you know, read their bills and uh, only put one in at a time, and they should write their own bills. It's a no-brainer. Those seem easy. Now, I agree with you that you're, there's probably going to be a challenge. This is uh, this is a situation where we're asking bullies to uh, regulate themselves. Um, right. I you know I, I don't know. Maybe sometimes you can get uh, get good kind of legislation through. I mean, they're they, apparently they'll pass stuff that says that. Uh, you know they can't uh, they can't use their connections to invest in the stock market. Who would have thought they would have passed that either? Color me uh, skeptic, but when the U.S. Congress has something like a, a single digit approval rating and uh, high eighties or low nineties reelection rate, what incentive does anyone have to uh, vote in favor of this other than people who are principled or you know that realize what D.C. and what Congress does? I mean, it just seems like shooting the moon. You know, that's a very good point. You know, when we first started this, our, our, and, and I've changed my mind about what I'm about to tell you. That's why I'm saying it. When we first started this, we thought we were putting uh, transpartisan proposals. These were popular, common sense uh, type of ideas that it would be very, very hard for the politicians to resist. Once they heard it, they would love it. And we thought similarly the American people would rally to the, these things. But, you know, we found along the way that the American people didn't believe it was possible. They had, they're very, very cynical, and rightly so, mm. about the attitudes and behaviors of Congress. And Congress didn't see the opportunity in this that, that we thought that they would see. And, uh, you know, we, were, we weren't trying to appeal to their better angels. We were trying to appeal to a populist instinct, and we were hoping that we'd be able to get big enough to run a few of them over in the process, uh, kind of compel them to do it. Um, th- that hasn't happened. Uh, and so, you know, we've had to, that caused us to do some serious introspection and really take a look at the system and the way it's working and the way it's, it's responded to us and try to learn lessons from that and come to the conclusion that we really have to change the hearts and the minds of the American people and that arguments that are based on, you know, pragmatism and even so-called common sense and the Constitution, a lot of these things just flat out don't work. They're not compelling. Uh, you're asking people to give up, you know, something that they're enjoying. Uh, politicians, in this case, are immensely enjoying the power that they have. Mm. And so what we have to do is we have to find ways to convict people, reach them at their heart, begin to get them to understand that the, the actual nature of the crime that is going on around them and uh, make it so that people begin to get uncomfortable and get to a point where one day we all say, you know what, it's time to step off. We kind of make a grand bargain that it's time to bring this to an end. So, you know, we're going to be talking about that as time goes by and how that works and putting it together. And even these bills are going to begin to figure into how we're going to do that. 
exciting. I I'm glad to you know to see Downsize DC is evolving over time and responding to feedback of uh, the people that you've been interacting with over the years. And of course, you still have the uh, Downsize DC dispatch that people can uh, get hooked up with over at Downsize DC dot org uh is it uh, they just click free newsletter up at the top left right right or if they send a message to congress we'll uh, put them on the list that way too and you know even tomorrow we're going to be explaining uh some more about how in the direction that we're going and why we're going that direction with some of the specific getting more and more specific about what this is going to look like so if people want to stay tuned to this, the best way to do it is to be on our Downsizer Dispatch subscriber list. You know, I think uh, David in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, uh, our little Keene, has a question for you. David, you're on with uh, Jim Babka from DC.org. Um, hi. I was just going to ask, haven't there always been uh, bill readers um, ever since the beginning, sort of? No, uh, typically... No, typically... Yeah, well, it did start out that way, but, t- and, uh, but typically what happens now is uh, reading means that they read the subject line of the bill. They read maybe <laughs> the opening paragraph. It's, there's a dense paragraph at the beginning of the bill that's actually considered its title. They read that aloud, and then they call that the reading. In the Senate, senators have a stalling tactic where they can call for a full reading of the bill, but it's considered bad form. It's considered rude to do it, and they almost automatically waive uh, second and third readings of the bill, even though they're required in their rules. Senator Paul's required the reading. Don't they have uh, people who read the bills, professional like lawyers or whatever, that read the bills and and capitalize and and make it a concise thing and they give it to the Congress, to to the representative person? Okay, well, if you're suggesting that those people are on their staff, the answer is basically no. Most of the time what happens is the experts that are coming in and telling them what's in the bills are the lobbyists who are interested in seeing those bills passed. Uh, even the lobbyists who pro- helped write those bills. Uh, the staff is, is pretty overwhelmed. Uh, they do try to keep up with a lot of what's going on. But in many cases, like the health care bill, the, you know, these bills are delivered literally hours before the vote. Uh, in, in some cases, the Patriot Act, it was, it was less than two hours before the vote. Wow. Uh, so there's just literally no way that they could have possibly read all of these things. If a 300-page bill is not a novel... It is a whole stack of books because you have to have a copy of the federal code and register next to you, and you have to keep referencing it for literally every line of it that you're reading. So it's, it's, there's the idea that anybody knows what's in there. Jack, one last thing on this. Jack Abramoff blew the lid off this thing and explained the tactics that he used to get things passed. And if the Read the Bills Act and the One Subject of Time Act had been in all of his tactics would have been shut down. David, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. And uh, Jim, always great having you on Free Talk Live, and I appreciate the update here tonight. And folks can, of course, follow along over at DownsizedDC.org, uh, clicking on the free newsletter option on the uh, top left. Keep up the great work, will you? Thanks, guys. Hope to see you back here in uh, New Hampshire sooner rather than later as well. Okay. All right, man. Look forward to it. See you soon. Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org. We'll continue here in moments uh, with uh, you and your thoughts. You may bring up whatever's on your mind. And coming up, magnet ban. Yeah, I'm not joshing you. They really are banning magnets. We'll explain. It's Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 30-second edition of Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. And let me tell you, my friends, get on to the verbalsurgery.com train. Come check it out. Listen to this podcast, and you will feel better right now because you are awesome. Looking forward to seeing you at verbalsurgery.com. Take it easy, baby. Awesome. 
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. We've got a lot of features on our site. They include the webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact because the chat room is built into the same page as the cam. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com to experience those features and do it for free. Unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for their sites, we give it away. Go to freetalklive.com and enjoy. You know, I've been really excited about uh, Bitcoins, and the reason is I'm excited about Bitcoins is because I think that the root of the government's power, or at least a, a one of the big, thick trunks of the government's power, is its ability to print and control money. When that power is taken away from the government, it will at the very least have to act more responsibly. It may not be a solution to every problem that uh, the government causes, but it's a solution to a lot of them. If the government has to act in a responsible fashion, well, we're all better served. And I think that Bitcoins are a big step towards this occurring. I think that Bitcoins are not only going to change the Internet, but they're going to change the world, that they're going to be that they're the most useful currency that's available right now and that people will pick that up and uh, realize that at some point you can see a video about bitcoins at weusecoins.org find out more about them there's all kinds of links there you can go get your own bitcoin wallet that you can download and be using it in just minutes and if you want to get bitcoins you got to go to bitinstant.com that's where you can find out more than 700,000 locations worldwide that you can de- uh, deposit money and have bitcoins in your bitinstant wallet before you probably get home after depositing it it's bitinstant.com our number again 855-450-free and we will continue here with you and your thoughts uh, shadow is with us listening in Huntsville to WBHP hello shadow well there Since you don't have your guest, I'll I'll just change the subject. Uh, I'll just go with human dignity, and this is something, a point I want to make. Uh, Back uh, one time when I went up to High Point, North Carolina, that's a nice place there. I got a job with the city, all right? Now, I didn't even have to fill out the application. The the guy there, he filled it out. Just name, rank, serial number, address, and, uh, you know, phone number. And I says, don't you want to know anything else? He says, no. He says, we know everybody has a past. He says, I do, too, and we believe it should stay there. And he said, that's what the, uh, the Bible says, too. Well, I'll tell you what. It was a sanitation, you know, department in the city of High Point. <laughs> I'll tell you what, right, right now, with that, uh, well, we weren't called sanitation engineers back then. So, right. But anyway, I'll tell you what, it was a, amongst the best crews I've ever worked with in my life. The bosses were great, none of this playing hail to the chief every time the boss showed up or anything else like that. And, uh, you know, no, and I felt dignified, too. This is the point I want to make. Nobody should ever feel undignified no matter what job you're doing. Cause, Agreed. You, know, you, take your, you take work in a sanitation department right there. You, 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 history proves that no city or town can really last, you know, without the sanitation department. Just asking folks in New York City. When, they, when the garbage people, you know, they went on strike. Oh, yeah. I guarantee the smells that went through the air was not Chanel number five. <laughs> you, don't, you don't realize how important people uh, who, who deal with waste are, you know, how important they are until they decide not to come to work. Yeah, it's a noble <laughs> profession, no doubt. Yeah, well, I'm definitely. grateful that here in uh, in Keene, New Hampshire, we actually have competing companies that are out there that are willing to g- pick up your refuse. Whereas in most areas of the, the country, you've got one choice. There is no choice. You just, you're forced to use the government option. And around here, you... I, it was a shock to me when I uh, first moved here. Like, what? 
I get to pick? I get to actually call around and ask what different services are available and what the prices are and compare one company to another? It was so cool. But yeah, it's certainly important. And it is important to love what you do and to feel respected about it. Yeah, we even went in one neighborhood. This lady used to serve us lunch on her best silver. I mean, she treated us like royalty, and we're just guys that working on a trash truck right now. Wow. Call, that Shadow. was absolutely amazing. And, you know, just, uh, hey, look, it can be job security if you want, because it sure ain't going to outsource that to China. Thanks for the call tonight, Shadow. I appreciate hearing from you at 855 855- 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. What's one of the, I guess, lowest so called jobs uh, that you guys have ever done? The hardest job I've ever done. I was 16 and I pushed carts at Sam's Club in Seabrook, New Hampshire in the summertime uh, inside. And it was, you know, it was really hard work. And I guess someone could say, well, that's really not an important job. But what about the people going inside who want to have a cart to purchase their things? I mean, all these things come together somehow. Mark? I've washed dishes, um, and you know that's a pretty rough uh, position back there. Uh, stuff on the Hobart, it's uh, steamy, it's gross. You're knocking the the the, the trash off the, the the you know the, the uneaten food off yep. of the the plate on this rubber ring that drops it down into a bucket. You're standing right over a bucket full of rotting food. Oh yeah, it's not really very pleasant. And uh, every once in a while, something will fall in there. You got to fish it out. Um, you know, it kind of stinks. Your thoughts are certainly welcome. Your experiences as well. Eight five five four fifty free. I was washing dishes in in jail, so I can relate to that one. <laughs> I could just see you standing there whistling to yourself. Oh, it was uh, you know it was it was, a, it was a decent amount of fun. I, I enjoyed my time in the the jail kitchen. Uh, but yeah, it's important to uh, to like what you do and, and be respected uh, as well while you're doing it. Otherwise, why would you want to be there? Definitely. If, if people aren't uh, respecting you for it and these are jobs that are critical i mean if somebody doesn't wash the dishes then you got a problem on your hands don't have just throwing dishes away yep so uh, 855-453 is the toll-free number uh magnets have been banned Uh, we'll tell you about it here in a moment but i mentioned last night that uh, we wanted to give you an update on a friend of uh, of mine ademo and you guys as well uh from copblock.org who is currently sitting in a jail cell uh the reason why he's in a jail cell right now is because he was chalking in public outside the Manchester Police Department, actually on the wall at one point of the Manchester Police Department. And uh, they put him in jail for two months for that. But he's also awaiting trial on wiretapping charges for recording a conversation, a a few conversations he had with some government bureaucrats. One of them was a school secretary, a school principal as well, and I think a police officer. And he informed these people when he was recording them that he was recording them for the purposes of writing up a news article about uh, what they had to say. And he presumed that would have been good enough to notice them. They were, you know, on the record. But I guess that uh, the state doesn't agree. They filed uh, three felony wiretapping charges against him, and he's now facing 21 years in prison, seven years each. Brad, you're a former police officer. This is... I mean, this is serious. The guy's in jail right now because they they just screwed him, um, and it has nothing to do with this uh, particular case. So he's preparing for three felony trials while in jail, and it all it looks like he did was call up some bureaucrats, record them, tell them that you know that he was a you know doing basically a reporter, and it. I mean, I, this I, is any jury going to convict him for this? Well, a jury might convict him for it, but that I mean, from from where I look at this. It's not about the actual trial. It's about the appeal. And this particular case seems like a really weak one. I mean, it's pretty obvious that Ademo has ruffled some feathers. And yeah, clearly. Uh, 
uh, you know, and it's uh, unfortunately coming back to him now. But, but it turns out this police, or excuse me, that the uh, the principal of the school, one of the people that he talked to on the phone, apparently is a former attorney with the prosecutor's office. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the the They're judge all connected. The, the judge who sentenced him, though, I, I went to court uh, for Garrett, um, our friend Garrett Ian, and um, I was there for his trial when he was uh, video recording. And the judge that sentenced uh, Ademo, um, you know, when I saw this judge in action, Judge Lyons, I mean, he was he was extremely fair. He was, uh, you know, he took lots of time to explain things. He ignored people wearing hats. Um, he he just didn't start a fight over things that, you know, you ignore them, they'll go away. So, I mean, I wasn't there for a Demos thing, but the things that I've read, it certainly looks like uh, it certainly looks like a demo has upset them. I mean, yeah, they're definitely out to get him. And so I wanted to update folks on what was going on with his case. Uh, we went yesterday to Manchester. A big group of folks actually came from Keene, New Hampshire, and drove an hour and a half out to Manchester uh, to attend a demo's what they call a pre-trial hearing. And uh, or final pretrial, and this is the last opportunity that one has before trial to file, say, a motion of some sort. And that was the intention of going there. Unfortunately, we were foiled, and I'll explain what happened here in a moment. Eight five five four fifty three, the SACL CAI toll free line. It was ridiculous the behavior of these go- uh, government court bureaucrats. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. These guys are out of control on a power trip. And we'll tell you more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves here. 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like this program and want to help support Free Talk Live, well, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com. And there are a variety of different things you can do to help get Free Talk Live to more ears around the world one of them is to download some web graphics and banners and put them up on your website, link to freetalklive.com. Another one is that you can get a free bumper sticker. The instructions are there. It's basically you send a self-addressed stamped envelope to our address and we will send it back to you with a Free Talk Live bumper sticker enclosed. And there are a few other things there as well, including uh, some flyers you can print out and distribute uh, or put up places. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project is your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. Get together with other people that love freedom and who are willing to do something about it. Whether it's engaging in civil disobedience or running a political campaign, as uh, Brad is doing here. He's running for sheriff uh, up in the northernmost uh, portion of New Hampshire uh, in Coas County, as it is called. And uh, your campaign, uh, Brad, has kicked off recently. You've got a campaign website. It yep. is bradforsheriff.com. 
Bradfordsheriff.com. Bradfordsheriff.com. I went there the other night and gave you a contribution to your chip in. You did. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. I would recommend other people who uh, have been listening to the show for a while and know uh, are familiar with Brad uh, would also should also do that. Uh, five bucks, ten bucks, uh, you know, twenty bucks, whatever. Campaigning's expensive, and and I don't like to uh, think of myself as a politician. I like to think of myself as a person who just wants to defend people's rights. And- right. Uh, there's nobody else running for sheriff that's quite like you, a former cop, uh, over 11 years experience, formerly in law enforcement against prohibition. Uh, you are somebody who really is concerned with the things that a sheriff should be concerned with. That is, you know, going after real bad guys and not uh, victimless criminals. Yeah, well, the the sheriff's departments uh, are, at least in New Hampshire, they sort of serve as a check on the uh, executive and judicial power. And, um, you know, I think a lot of liberty can be gained by simply requiring that the government or government agents follow the Constitution and follow the law. And um, just because someone gets elected sheriff, they can't change everything, but they can certainly make uh, a big impact in individual lives. And the uh, the loyalty of the office of sheriff should be always to the people and not to the bureaucracy or anything like that. Now, you are a New Hampshire native. You're not a Free State Project participant like Mark and myself. We moved up here from Florida, and there are over a 1,000 people in New Hampshire now as part of the Free State Project. These are people who have pledged, uh, in most cases, to make the move to New Hampshire, get active, to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And activity means anything. Like I said, you know, disobedience, politics, We're all theater. actually all three running campaigns right now. Creating media. I Oh, yeah, yeah. you're running for state rep, right. aren't you? I am running for Ian's state running rep. for state rep under the uh, libertarian banner. Um, mm-hmm. I'm uh, actually, well, I haven't got elected, but I'm the only person on the ballot for a uh, position and Republican state delegate position. Well, it's that easy uh, to get on and, you know, get elected here because there's just so, you know, in some cases, so few participants i mean you literally are going to walk right into office in some cases well i mean where i'm coming from um as i meet constituents i try to explain that look although you may disagree with me on certain things about uh government policies things that i think the government should do i don't think anyone could disagree with me that uh you know i would challenge all 10 present sitting sheriffs to a debate at the same time about knowledge of the constitution the law anything like that they would never debate me All I'm saying is that I believe I can defend people's liberty by simply uh, watching out for everyone uh, uh, regarding state power. Now, you didn't uh, get you weren't born and raised in the county in which you're running for sheriff, uh, Coas County. Have you gotten uh, any pushback on that? Like, you're from around here, son. No, no. The the, uh, Coas County, I think, is like the secret of New Hampshire. It's like the the most beautiful. I mean, it's where Pork Fest is. And anyone Porcupine Freedom Festival, anyone who's been to the Porcupine Freedom Festival knows it's just gorgeous up there. And people up uh, up in Coas County. I've got a good story. I was at the laundromat the other day, and a guy come, came up to me, and I have a golden porcupine sticker on the back of my car, and he said, are you a free stater? And I said, well, no. Um, I've lived here my whole life, but I'm married to one, and I have a lot of friends that are, so I pretty much just call myself a free stater. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in a state with the motto, live free or die, why would... Why wouldn't everybody want to be a free stater? I don't understand. But uh, he's, and he looked at me and he said, good, we need more of them here to, to offset the people moving here from Massachusetts. And got, got in his <laughs> truck and in a county off. of 22,000 people or oh, something? Oh, it's over 30,000. 30,000 people 30. in Coas County? Yeah. There ain't all the people moving from Massachusetts. <laughs> well, it's, 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 I mean, people just want to be left alone. Yeah. And that's the way it should be.
That's the New Hampshire way. Or at least that's in theory how it should be. But yeah. it should be. But they're those folks from Massachusetts. A lot of them. You know, they're not all bad. It's not fair to put them all into into that one category. A lot of people have tried to escape the uh, tyranny of Massachusetts. Right. So there is that. Uh, so again, freestateproject.org. Go there, learn more. So we were talking about Ademo, uh, who is also a Free State Project participant, and he is sitting in jail waiting trial for uh, multiple felony charges. Tried to go to the courthouse yesterday to uh, to see him because it's nice to be able to see your friend from uh, you know outside. Uh, you know when he's not behind one of those glass windows at a prison or in a jail. And so the idea was, let's bring as many people out as possible, because it's the middle of the day, so a lot of people are working, so it's hard to get people to, you know, a whole bunch of people to come out to court. But we had a, probably at least a dozen folks that uh, that had come out just from the Keene area, and there was a handful of people from Manchester that had shown up as well. And uh, we were going to go and just, you know, sit in the courtroom, uh, record it, and say hi, wave to, wave to him, and say hi to him when he came in, and, you know, try to be there to, to support our friend. And uh, we walked into the courthouse uh, plenty early. Walked into the courthouse and the security thugs at the uh, the front gate, and I call them thugs because many of them are very rude at this particular courthouse, but uh, this was the superior, so-called superior court in Manchester. And uh, they said, oh, because they recognized uh, Ademo's girlfriend, Kate, and they said, oh, it's been, uh, it's been postponed till uh, Friday at, at 9 a.m. And our response was basically like, well, thanks for the information. We'd like to come in anyway and talk to the clerk's office and get that, you know, information officially from somebody that's actually, you know, a clerk of the court, just in case, you know, yeah, they got dr- it wrong. You or drove an lying. hour. Yeah, we drove an hour and a half to get there, uh, just in case those uh, men were lying to us or had gotten misinformation or whatever. Let's just go in and uh, we'll go through. We'll go through security anyway. Thanks for the info. And they uh, basically said, nope, you can't. Uh, you can't come in here. Only she can come in. And I said, uh, a public courthouse, right? And I said, well, uh, this is a public courthouse, and I'm uh, going to come in and I'm going to do some business in the uh, the court clerk's office. And this one guy in particular was being very rude uh, throughout this whole process, basically threatening me because uh, I was kind of the the main character, right? Like it was Kate walked in and I walked in, and uh, he was basically talking to me. And everybody else was kind of standing behind watching as this was going on. And I wasn't going to have this. You know, I'm not going to. It's ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. And in America, you can't come in a courthouse. He uh, I told him that I'm going to go into that uh, that clerk's office and uh, too bad if he doesn't like it, essentially. And I'm paraphrasing here. I wish. Oh, I wish I had been recording this entire thing. I didn't start my recording until later. Um, so next time, tomorrow morning when I go in, I will be recording the entire process, which might end up getting me arrested. But uh, this guy threatened me. He said that uh, he was going to call the police and he would have me taken to jail. And uh, that, uh, and I said, well, I'm going to go in uh, and do some business in the court clerk's office. He says, well, then I'm going to go with you. And I said, you can do whatever you want. And so he accompanies me into uh, this clerk's office. He he took issue with my tone with him, which, of course, my tone was asserting my rights kind of tone. Sure, he told you you couldn't come in the courthouse. Right. He told me at one point to shut up and uh, was just as rude as he could possibly be. And all I wanted to do was just go into the clerk's office and talk to the clerk and ask him, you know, what was going on with my friend. So guess the reason why they had to delay his appearance. They sent it to the wrong address. Nope. Mark, did I already tell you? You did. Okay. So the reason why you're going to love this, this is from the clerk. We didn't know he was in jail. Didn't they put him there? Oh, wait, no. They put him there? The district court put him there. Good point. I forgot that. I told them they put him there, so you're right. I guess um, 
they didn't put him there. But they have sent him mail. That courthouse has sent him mail at the jail address. And they're not stupid. They know what the address is of the jail. They send mail to people there all the time. So uh, it's BS, total BS from top to bottom. I know the reason why it was delayed. It's because they, they want to F with us. They know that people – they know he's from Keene. They know that people are going to come out from Keene to support him. They know it's an hour and a half drive. People are going to blow you know, 25 bucks on a half a tank of gas or whatever, yep. a quarter tank of gas to come, to come out there. And they wanted to waste our day because they're getting paid. They're going to get paid whether or not right. he shows up. They were going to show up no matter what to work today. And it's just another opportunity for the public servants to stick it right That's to right. the people that pay their paychecks. That's what was going These on. Are these are people that claim to be serving you, and you know they don't. It was an outrage. 855-450-FREE. So we went to the jail and chalked, uh, chalked all over the place uh, oh, outside Jesus. across the street from the jail. It was great. We ended up actually getting him moved to a different cell. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, college students. The Independent Institute in Oakland, California is putting on the Challenge of Liberty seminar this summer. You can spend a week connecting with other liberty-minded students from around the world, attending seminars with libertarian luminaries, and grappling with pressing issues facing the world's economy and its people. Go to seminar.freetalklive.com. It's $195 for the class and $300 for the room and meals at the beautiful Notre Dame de Nemours University in Belmont, California. Seminar.freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here, 855-450-FREE. You're going to want to buy your magnets while you still can because they have been banned. We'll explain to you which ones uh, have been banned here in a little bit. 855-450-3733. And joining you here tonight, it's Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. Was talking about a re- just silly, ridiculous, outrageous court experience that uh, I had yesterday. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow morning because we're going back. We've already driven three hours to try just to go and support our friend Adamo, who used to host this show on Tuesday nights. Uh, we tried to go out to support him yesterday, a group of us here from Keene and uh, some other folks in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, the courthouse is in Manchester, so it's an hour and a half out there. And it's was, a long drive. was greeted by one of the most rude court bureaucrats. And I've encountered some rude court bureaucrats yeah, right. before. Right, I mean, we cultivate that. This man told <laughs> me to shut up. Uh, he told me I was going to be arrested, I was going to be taken to jail, all because I wanted to go into the court clerk's office in a public court building and ask questions. That's what I wanted to do. He tried to tell Kate uh, from ladiesandkeen.com, tried to tell Kate that she was the only one allowed to go into that uh, court clerk's office. Well, ended up being that several people went into the court clerk's office, so clearly he was uh, he was bluffing on that uh, point, and I called him on it, and he didn't like that very much, and I asserted my right to uh, to go into that court office, and I asserted my right as, uh, as a member of the press. He asked me for some sort of credentials, and I was like, I don't have to show you anything, and uh, I continued walking into the court office. He threatened me multiple times and was absolutely outrageous in his behavior, and I so regret not recording from walking into that courthouse. I will not make the same mistake uh, tomorrow. He also threatened me. He said that if uh, I told him I was going to record this conversation, I, you know, it's 
finally, when I got into the court clerk's office, I got into my phone and started, you know, punching buttons to get to the recording option. And I told him I was going to record the conversation. He said I needed to have his permission to do that. And I said, no, I don't. And I'm going Apparently, to. Apparently, you don't know the laws, yeah. Mr. Law Enforcement Officer. Yeah. I sure do love it when you dumb dumbs don't know the stuff you're supposed to enforce. Yeah. So, this is my take. Well, they make it up as they go along. And most of the time, it works on most people. This is my take for, uh, you know, obviously, Free Talk Live has a uh, an array of an audience. You know, there are people from probably every walk of life that is, uh, you know, uh, that listen to this show. And what I would say about to you is if you look at how um, the people in the Free State Project have moved to Keene and engaged in activism. Some of them have, yeah. Uh, some of them, a right. A portion, it, a small portion. Right. And th- there's activism here that I pr- it's not my particular cup of tea. And I've told you that many times that, you know, I don't like, I don't, certainly didn't like when Derek caused a police pursuit. I mean, things like that, I, I just don't think are necessary but so he was just trying to ride home man he didn't know that they don't were even there. get into it Brett. Yeah, okay but anyway so <laughs> so what has happened here is a, a group of people have moved uh to new hampshire and have engaged in um very controversial activism and as a result the uh the people who are in the government employ have really started to show their true colors and as someone who's a trained criminal investigator uh you know as i've sat back and watched the way that um government employees have mistreated a lot of you it uh you know to me it's just very alarming because whether or not somebody uh, who works in government likes your particular politics likes uh, likes you or dislikes you, you're supposed to be treated equally and with respect. And you've been completely banned from the courthouse here in Keene. Not and, to mention every liquor store and the uh, local school district buildings. Right. And Properties. <laughs> right. And, 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 and the, uh, the, the college. That's correct. Yes, it's, it's almost no college. part of the town you're allowed to go anymore. And, and um, you've been completely denied due process the whole way around. And it's obvious that uh, pe- the people who have the power to do this to you, they're doing it because they think they can get away with it. They, so far, they have. They can. They, well, and you know, and they wouldn't be able to get away with this if this was, you know, if you were a state senator or if you were, you know, mm. someone of note. But you know, the the people are supposed to have the most rights, and you know, not elected government employees. And to anyone who uh, you know hears Ian talk, talk about this stuff on the air and is just like, well, you know, you're causing trouble. Okay, yes, there has been activism here that technically could be classified as causing trouble, but that does not justify at all being treated with disrespect or having your rights taken away. And right. that that is what is happening here. Well, they don't like They're supposed it. to act like professionals. Professionals, well, whether they like it or not. They're used to being able to tell people what to do and have them do it. And they don't like it when they tell someone what to do and they say, no, that's okay. I'll just go ahead and act as though I have rights and do what I want to do. I'm not hurting anybody. I want to go into that court clerk's office and ask some questions. I mean, their behavior is absolutely outrageous. And the more documentation we can put out about it, you're right. It shows people the corruption that is just systemic with uh, what's going on out there. In fact, there's a great example of how effective this is that that is documenting what happens. Because if you don't document it, then all you got is a story. And that's all I can tell you today is because I didn't record most of the outrageous portion. By the time I started my recording uh, in the court uh, court clerk's office, by the time I started the recording – the boss man had come in of this uh, this thug, this court security thug, and he was like trying to cool his guy down, you know, kind of like good cop, bad cop, like Bob, you need to leave, Bob, Bob, leave. He was trying to like get his guy to just leave the room because he he was clearly out of control and losing his losing his cool big time. If you pulled out your camera, Ian, I bet you ten dollars because that's what I have in my pocket right now, that you would have been arrested if you had done that. Like an actual video camera-looking device, because I had pulled my phone out and had started 
punching right. things on but, that. But I, you know, I would advise against doing that because they'll arrest you and take your phone and you'll never see your phone again. Yeah. And, but I mean, this is well, not. I, what I did was I opened my phone up and I began recording and I put it on my uh, belt clip and I just informed them they were being recorded. The, people are not supposed to be treated this way, whether or not you're a, a liberty activist, a communist, a Democrat, a Republican, an anarchist. It doesn't matter. The government is supposed to treat you with respect. It's supposed to respect your rights. And it would help them too if they did that because it would help them retain their legitimacy. Because yeah. when people look at these videos, uh, clips, some of them see what's really going on. And there's a great example of this right now. If you go to freekeen.com, uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com has apparently been out in Colorado the last several weeks. You know, back in the when they had the fires, he was out there for that. Uh, his family, I think, lives out in Colorado, so he's been visiting out there. And Dave Ridley is probably the most consistent videographer in the movement. He's been videoing all manner of different activism for years here in New Hampshire and is really good at getting a lot of uh, videos out on a consistent basis. And he's a journalist who has integrity and yes. who will cover issues that the mainstream media will not cover. And and I have never seen. Uh, precisely how the mainstream media covers up actual cases of human suffering and government corruption like I have watching what has happened here uh, what is happening here in Keene with the way that you guys are, have been mistreated with the way the court system has responded and uh you know, it's not supposed to work like this. Everyone is supposed to be treated equally, whether you have 18 horrendous convictions on your record. You're supposed to be treated equally and with respect. And for people, you know, anyone who disagrees what happens here in Keene or who's upset about it, put that aside for a second and just think about, you know, if... if if the people here can be treated differently because government employees don't like them, it could happen to you. And that's it not supposed happen to happen to you. If, and that's one of the things that people complain about is, oh, you guys say it's free up there. Well, no, we don't say that. It's the Free State Project. There's a lot of work to be done. Oh, they're, they're doing terrible things to you. Well, that's because we're doing things and we're standing up for our rights. Don't worry. The bureaucrats in your town, if you actually did some stuff, would do the same stuff to you. Or worse. Now, there's a really interesting video at freekeen.com. It's the second item down as of when we're doing this because uh, there's always new stuff being posted. But it's called Keen Activists Have Changed Everything About What I Believed. And that's a quote. From a lady who, Dave Ridley, I don't know how he found her out in uh, Colorado. He's interviewing a woman in Colorado who's a mother, and she's talking about her experience in watching the videos from freekeen.com, videos from Derek and myself and other folks, and just her experiencing the corruption, her experiencing the outrageous behavior of the bureaucrats, her experiencing the things you're talking about, Brad. Uh, and she said that we've completely changed her perspective on the government. Just by doing what we do, doing the civil disobedience and cataloging all the bureaucrats' responses and what happens to that, she has completely changed her perspective, is totally on board with— I wonder uh, how many people um, that you can claim to have done that with. I just wonder. You never know, right? I mean, you never know whose lives you're touching. Whatever activism you're doing, whether it's running for political office or civil disobedience or making media, you never know who's watching, you never know who's listening, and you never know how many people you're going to touch. And it was just, it was amazing watching this video footage. I, I dedicated four months of my life to defending Jason Talley to keep him out of jail on obviously corrupt court orders. And, you know, I just watched this stuff from afar until I was like, that. this is too much. You know, this is how how far will it go? It's it, there's absolutely no accountability if you work in the government, and that is completely contrary to the, the Constitution. There's more coming up here. You can bring up what you want. Also, we'll I'll finally fill you in on this magnet story. They have really banned magnets. We'll tell you more. Eight five five four fifty three. It's free talk live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Live toll free number tonight for you, 855 453. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. And joining you this evening, it's Ian and Bradley and Mark. Uh, don't forget, uh, some of the features on our site include the bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com to, uh, to do that. It's essentially our message board. And also we'll post uh, show prep items there as well. So whatever we use on the show during the night, uh, we will post it there after the show over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. They really are three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. So their staff is respectful, they record every call, and have the best equipment money can buy. Your business is therefore handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. It's right there at the top of the page. Uh, Once again, SACL CAI. It's actually at the top of our banner column. Uh, Once again, our number here tonight, 855-450-FREE. Of course, you can uh, take control here. Uh, now, Mark, uh, Mark, or rather, Brad, was there anything further you wanted to say about the activism and uh, people's, uh, you know, the people that are looking at it, uh, the, more of the disobedient style activism and well, the corruption I mean, that is revealed as a result of it? I would just say that for the for the people who are listening who um, have a bad taste in their mouth for what you know happens here in Keene with the activism, uh, okay, that's fair, but you know, you can have your opinion on that. But I would hope you would share the opinion that the government is supposed to follow the Constitution, treat people with respect, and uh, you know not hold personal grudges against people. Even the worst sex offender deserves to be treated with dignity and respect, and to have their rights respected. And well, that's going to upset people. Well, that's fine. People can be upset all they want, but constitutional rights can't be traded away, and natural rights can't be traded away just because someone is unpopular. And you know, perhaps people within government uh, around here think they can treat you, uh, you know, in a more disparaging manner simply because you've done things that are unpopular. But that's not how the system is supposed to work. And I would debate any person of any rank of any government office on that because it's just true. You know, you mentioned the, uh, the sort of the, the respect level that uh, the people who are accused of crimes uh, receive. I was looking at some of the comments on these articles about the, the killer, the Colorado shooter yeah. guy, and it was really disturbing. I mean, look, what the guy did was horrible, or what he allegedly did was uh, was horrible. 
I mean, there's no excuse for uh, for that behavior. It's terrible. There's no way he can possibly restitute all those victims. Even if he worked, you know, 20 lifetimes, he wouldn't be able to restitute uh, a, a portion of the, any of portion of those victims. Assuming so, he did it. Assuming he did, I said allegedly. Uh, but what's really outrageous to me is that people. Their responses are just disgusting. Like, Life. if you read some of these, I don't have them in front of me right now because they're horrifying, but like, you know, people want to rip his skin off his body. Uh, people want to torture him in a variety of different ways. They want to subject him to all manner of just horrifying uh, just punishments. And it's just so, so gross. And, you know, you wonder why we have sick people in this society doing horrible things because society is sick. People here in, in America are, are just horrifyingly disgusting in what they want to do to other people that they consider to be bad. Those things are just as bad. I mean, wanting to retaliate against somebody who's done something horrible by doing something more horrible to them or doing something equally as horrible to them, it just shows how ill uh, people are. The one person that I've heard thus far who I really think is you know the the one response to this that I think has been interesting was one of the victims apparently went on Todd Schnitt's show and you know credit to uh, to Todd Schnitt for this particular interview uh, but uh, normally I, I think he's a hack uh, but uh, he had on uh, he's one of these other talk show hosts out there my friend works for him yeah um, and he had on one of the victims of the shooting who survived and I guess took three shots. And this guy said he is willing to forgive. He forgives this shooter. In fact, he would like to talk to him. And just, you know, you don't see that very often. Very few people are willing yeah, to say. Yeah, he broke that story and the guy got on several other news outlets. And, you know, I guess he's going to go to his, he's going to be up in front of his church this uh, Sunday talking about it. So Yeah, he's talking about forgiveness. And uh, most people don't have it within them, I guess, or aren't willing to consider it. I mean, if, the, if one of the victims can forgive this guy. Shame on anybody else who's like, well, I say we skin him alive or whatever other horrifying, disgusting, sick, inhumane comments didn't, these people are leaving. I mean, didn't things like this happen to people who were accused of witchcraft, you know, back? back they burned him at the stake. They burned him at the stake. And I think a real judge of a society or a community is how the community treats the worst amongst it. Absolutely. And, you know, this person obviously committed a horrific act. And I think, I mean, this person uh, I read uh, has some serious delusional issues. So he this, seems to be high, you know, mentally ill. Yeah, exactly. Like, this really person needs to be confined to protect society. But to, to, to advocate torturing this person or, or hurting them, I mean, that's as bad as the behavior as this person exhibited. Right. No wonder he's mentally ill. Look at the society in which he is uh, living. We've got Jim on the line. He's in Virginia Beach. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Brad, and Mark. Jim in Virginia Beach. Going once. Uh, it, hey, Jim. Ken, actually. I'm sorry, what was it? It's Ken, actually. Ken, welcome, sir. Hey, Ken. Yes, that's all right. Um, I had a couple things. Um, actually, I'll, I'll hit one on, on the subject you guys just jumped on. But my first one is um, uh, from Mr. Jarvis. Uh, I've, I've heard through your videos that you posted up online um, that the Supreme Court has ruled in several, I guess, uh, hearings or, or whatever cases that they've had that the police have no responsibility in uh, protecting the people. And I was just kind of curious as far as how is it that you found that out, whether it was when you were, you know, an officer or if it was just something that you stumbled on? 
Well, um, I, I think you're actually thinking about Ian because he you re- reference this quite frequently about how the United States Supreme Court has said that the police don't have a responsibility to protect individuals. Police have a responsibility to protect society. <clears throat> Which and, means nothing. Right. Uh, effectively, that's that's what it comes out to. Um, but the the problem with that is, and you bring this up quite a bit, it's sort of a logical fallacy that in order to be a citizen, um, there needs to be a obligation of protection from the government. Uh, right. And without that uh, obligation of protection, our own constitution says the surrender that you give of your rights is void. Um, but, you know, these things are very incompatible but it's the way it is. So are you a citizen or not? I, I don't know. So I'd like to – I'll answer his question. How did I find that out? It was Mark Stevens from uh, Adventures in Legal Land. MarkStevens.net is his website, M-A-R-C, Stevens, MarkStevens.net. Uh, but anybody that Googles uh, the phrase no obligation to protect will find the court cases that we're talking about. Interesting. Um, the other one is um, I want to reference a website, um, Infowars.com. And I've found some actually- – Oh, we didn't hang up on you. You're still there. If you want, you can hang on. We can talk about whatever your other issue is here in a moment. Uh, Jim is with us, 855-450-FREE. And you can be on the lines as well. Bring up whatever you want, 1-855-450-3733. Take the time to look that up, by the way. No obligation to protect. The court case, uh, one, of the, one of the court cases that will come up within the first three results is very disturbing. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here is 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. We've got archives. You can click and download as many as you would like. Uh, They're right there. Just get them and uh, enjoy. You don't have to jump through any hoops. There's no mandatory advertising you have to watch or anything like that. Just go and enjoy it over at freetalklive.com. In fact, they go all the way back to late 2006, all of it totally free. You can enjoy them through our SoundCloud page as well. Download and share them, which is really important. When you hear an episode that you like a lot, then share it on your Facebook page or via Twitter or whatever other social networking uh, site that you happen to enjoy. And the button, the share button on SoundCloud on each of our episodes makes it really easy. You can just uh, find our SoundCloud page by going to freetalklive.com. Look on the left-hand side under Listen and Share, and you'll find our link to SoundCloud right there. Just click on that and then uh, go and enjoy SoundCloud because it's a pretty cool little service. And uh, it's it's been a nice addition, I think, to our site. I think it's working out. Yeah, freetalklive.com. As we continue... Here here, I will take your calls. Jim is still with us. Jim, you had another issue you wanted to bring up, so go ahead. Yes, um, as far as the whole uh, issue with the, the uh, shooting at the theater in, in Colorado, mm-hmm. um, don't be so quick to make the judgment that you know he's guilty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we did say I'm alleged uh, shooter earlier, right? Um, but but as far as to say, you know, whether you know, there's a good chance that you know he did it and. You know, done deal, um, and, and I know everything's alleged right now because everything's 
still being investigated. However, um, I'm going to reference a website that I go to and I look at things. And so far with the stuff that I've tracked down, it seems to be pretty legit. Um, and it's infowars.com. You're and saying the website is legit? This, but, you know, at least check it out. What's, the, um, what's legit? Been doing a lot of coverage on um, that particular deal. I'm very familiar as, as with as well that particular site. It is the site run by Alex Jones, and right. it, is, it is one and of his uh, one of his sites. And I would say that uh, actually uh, sent uh, I sent a message to one of Alex's producers the other day. We had him on the show once in the past, and I'm actually inviting him uh, back on to talk about one of his videos that uh, that he made recently. Uh, right. But uh, you know, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. I think uh, I think Alex does some good research, especially when it comes to the police state. But I think there's also a lot of conspiracy theory there, and a lot of uh, right. su- uh, a lot of well, suggestion. Well, as far as like the the uh, conspiracy theory side of it, uh, there has been some stuff that is actually true. And one of the things I reference is, you know, believe it or not, whether people know it. Uh, we are actually building concentration camps within the state, and it's actually being ran by uh, DHS. And they are you talking about oversight. the FEMA camps, the alleged FEMA camps? Yes. Okay. And, and what evidence do you have that that's true? I I actually have the PDFs from the the military, which has been leaked, and that has actually been checked out because uh, there was someone that. Uh, you know, sent a, um, an email to uh, someone out in um, the uh, some western, I can't even think of the, the uh, fort, but it's some army uh, fort out west. Yeah. And I guess she has, like, uh, it, it wouldn't like surprise me. You don't have a lot of detail. Like, oh, I understand well, that, yes, you, you know, it sounds like you're new to that website. You have this publication out there, but it wasn't meant for the public. To see Jim? It. Look, man, I yeah. get I get where you're coming from. I understand the the concerns that people have, and if it's true, then it's you know obviously a really bad idea. Right. And this has been something that's been floating around for years: the idea that there are these right. FEMA camps out there. Uh, some people claim they have evidence of it, and the evidence right. is really kind of questionable. Well, there were some photos of an old train yard uh, that they claim was video. Uh, is a yeah. There's video of it as well. They claim it's a FEMA camp. There's photos of uh, cattle cars that they claim are actually meant for humans. Some big black uh, totes. I don't, I don't have anything like that. I have the actual like PDF, and it has all the, the military grade stamps on it. I used to be uh, active duty, so I mean I know what I'm looking for as far as that kind of stuff. It's I totally understand where you're coming from, and maybe it's uh, true. You know, and that's if that's the case, then what are you going to do about it? Right. But I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm not going to answer that, that question. On there is, is not just the oh yeah conspiracy theory. I actually look for you know actual documents. I understand where you're coming from. My my that's curiosity is, what are you going to do about it? Well, it's just the knowledge is the power. No, How does not. that give you power over anything? <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. Um, now, most of Americans think that uh, that, that uh, JFK was assassinated, by, and it was some kind of plot, whether whatever plot it might be. There's a conspiracy theory that most Americans believe. The majority of Americans do not believe the Warren Commission story. How is knowledge in that area power? No, I'm saying the knowledge that it's out there. No. Nope, how is really that knowledge isn't. power? A- answer me how the biggest, most successful conspiracy theory yet has provided anybody with any kind of power. 
I don't get into conspiracy theories. I get into God. actual concrete stuff, like actual documents. Well, Fine. I mean, there's documents surrounding the JFK incident. I'm asking there's you. There's a guy who I came out on his know. deathbed I'm saying it was the CIA. Because I don't know anything about that. Oh, I, Other I, than, you know, who this is the one guy who doesn't know anything about the JFK assassination. Look, there was a guy that came out on his deathbed recently and said that it was a CIA who set up the uh, the killing. So there's all kinds of information out there, and some of it is, you know, verifiable, uh, you know, viable my, sources. My contention isn't that what you're saying is not true. My contention is that what you're saying doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it may very well be true, but it doesn't matter right. because conspiracy theories don't matter because the most successful conspiracy theory to date hasn't mattered. I mean, there's so much stuff going on right now that is provable is not a conspiracy theory. Like the U.S. has about 4.4% of the world's population and 22.5% of the world's prisoners. That is not a conspiracy theory. And I mean, Alex Jones, as you say, Ian, on the on the air quite frequently, he does a great job talking about the police state. But where where, you know, where I sort of, you know, I don't listen to Alex Jones, but where I've in the past sort of, you know, sort of lost interest is getting into the conspiracy theory stuff. And maybe this, maybe, you know, maybe you're right, Jim, and this isn't a conspiracy theory. You seem to be convinced. You've got the documentation, and then let's say that you're I absolutely I believe right. in conspiracy theories. A conspiracy well, theory only means that two people got together and had a plan, and, you know, somebody has a theory about that. I, right, I don't right. disagree. So, look, I, I know that there's a chance that uh, what you're saying is absolutely true and that they have, uh, you know, camps that they want to put people into. We know they're already putting people in camps uh, for the purpose of uh, immigration and things. Things like that. Of course, as Brad points out, they've got jails all over the place that people are being crammed into, and they're building new ones all the time. So none of these things would surprise me. But I, we're, we're kind of getting off the track, and in, 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 as far as I'm not saying you know everything that he's going to put on there, or anything or everything that uh, that he, he puts out there is going to be you know just oh yeah. Conspiracy. I got you, Jim. You like the website. I'm glad you liked it. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I just don't think that there's much value to the United States government incarcerating a large percentage of its population. I mean, at this point, they have a great system. Their system is the new slavery. The new slavery is citizenship citizenship is they claim to own you not not citizenships as they define it which means that the government has an obligation to protect because they don't citizenship is a claim of ownership over people Mm -hmm. the united states government claims to own you no matter where you go you must pay them if you make more than eighty thousand dollars a year and you live anywhere on the planet you must pay them for the fruits of your labor how can you claim that that's paying for the roads or whatever that you haven't driven on in in a decade or i mean you know there's no it makes no sense at all that the government can claim a portion of your uh, the money you make when you're half a globe away but they do because they claim to own you they own your land because you have to pay them on an annual basis in order to live there or biannual whatever you pay your property taxes they own you they own your property and that's why they don't want to lock you up. You cost them money locking you up. Right, they got to take care of you. Right now, you they take can, care of yourself. They can lock as many people up as they want, as evidenced by the fact that they have the largest amount of prisoners in the country. Well, right, and you look at uh, the, uh, was it, I think 2004 presidential uh, D- Democratic and Republican National Conventions. 
they did lock uh, protesters up en masse in an old train yard in uh, New York City at one point. So they'll do this stuff to you. What are you going to do about it? MindThings.com is a fun online game that pits you against people around the world to mine for scarce resources. Do business in a capitalist economy with virtually mined gold tax-free. You could be a trader doing business between cities, a pirate lying in wait for hapless traders, a guard capturing pirates, or one of nine other professions. It doesn't require a big-time commitment. Your mining robots work whether you're logged in or not. It costs nothing to play, but you can buy bonuses. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MindThings.com. Use coupon code FTL. Double your mining speed. It's free. MindThings.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we give to you. Well, once again, freetalklive.com. There's a lot of stuff there. And if you enjoy this program and you like Free Talk Live, you want to help us out, you can do that by shopping with us. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com. There are links to Amazon there, Amazon EU, for, or excuse me, not EU, but UK, Amazon Canada, as well as Amazon US. You can go and get what pretty much whatever it is you're looking for, although now and then they don't actually have what you want, but they uh, most of the time do. In fact, I was looking for these magnets that have been uh, that are probably going to be banned here or have been banned, uh, we'll tell you about those in a little bit. Amazon doesn't have those. so uh, But most of the time they do. And you can go to shop.freetalklive.com. So whatever you're looking for, check there first. And uh, make note, because they're probably going to have the best price. And you can, of course, get all the uh, Amazon user reviews and the free Super Saver shipping that you're used to. It's the great Amazon experience that, uh, that you're used to. You're just entering through Free Talk Live's portal. So Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. Once again, Go to shop.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done. As we continue here with you and your thoughts, let's go to Melvin, listening indicator to WBHP. Hey, Melvin. Hello, gentlemen. Hey. I enjoy your show. Welcome, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. Well, you just piqued my interest when you uh, you all talked as if the people that wanted bad things to happen to this guy that killed those people, as it sounded to me as if you'd say they're like crazy people. And I actually think that when somebody hurts you, it's a natural instinct to want to hurt them back or hurt think, them more, you know. I don't think they're crazy, sir. I just think they're really angry. And people who are really angry and upset shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be making decisions like that. Well, and, and you may be right. It may be the natural instinct to strike back, to uh, to be angry and to, uh, to try to get even. Uh, but I think that we're better than our instincts and that we as human beings can rise above those instincts. Don't you? Well, I, I agree with that, but when it's obvious that somebody has done something, I, the way I look at it is a a, a guy uh, caught me off guard one time and just hit me in my stomach and like knocked the wind out of me, mm. and it hurt it hurt awfully bad. Yeah, I bet. The first chance I got, I bust him upside his head, you know, in his eye. And got a good lick in around his nose because I wanted to hurt him more than he hurt me. Now, those people, I just admire that man that uh, you all said something about somebody who wanted to talk to the guy and want to forgive him. Yep. Yes. That, you know, that's, that's wonderful and that's great. I could forgive that guy also, but I still want him to die. Just because I forgive you don't mean I, I, I want you to not pay for what you have done. 
Have you ever heard the uh, the expression, um, an eye for an eye makes the world go blind? I've never heard that one. Seriously? I it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's what I, the way I've heard it. Yeah, that's from the Bible. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a rebuttal to the uh, the idea that uh, an eye for an eye is a good idea. Um, and, you know, the, the Bible was written at a time when, you know, they didn't have enough money to make jail cells and stuff in order to keep dangerous people around. But, you know, my, my concern with the... Uh, you know, obviously the founding fathers took care of the cruel and unusual thing. So the idea of uh, drawing and quartering uh, this this Holmes character, uh, Jim Holmes here, is uh, probably not up for debate. But some people would want that. But they, they probably would. But the death penalty, the biggest problem I have with the death penalty is that the, the world is made of imperfect people. And imperfect people will judge uh, Jim Holmes. Imperfect people will, uh, you know, prosecute him. Imperfect pe- people will, uh, you know, will execute him if he's executed. And there have been more than 200 people released from death row since 1970 when they brought it back or whenever it was, 71. When it became, when it once again became constitutional yes. to kill people. Yeah, when it, when it was ceased to be, con- it was unconstitutional for about 18 months. And uh, when they brought it back... Um, you know, they, they've released 200 people since then, which says to me that it's possible to convict an innocent person. And that's the reason that I choose to be against the death penalty, plus the fact that it costs a lot more to try to, uh, to execute somebody. Absolutely. You think it costs more to execute them? Absolutely, it does. Here, here um, in New Hampshire, sir, uh, I'm sorry, Mark. Uh, here in New Hampshire, um, th- there's one man on death row, uh, uh, a man named Michael Addison, who killed a Manchester police officer. And um, I remember reading that the state has to build, I believe it's a $1.3 or a $1.4 million death house <laughs> in order to kill this one black man in a state of like 98% white people, if, if his execution were to happen today, it would have to be by law by hanging. And um, at the same time, there's all these programs that like legitimately help kids that come from abusive families that are getting slashed and cut. And, you know, and these kids don't have places to go while the state is spending so much money to kill one person. Now, does that make sense? Well, it, it's almost, it seems to me like it doesn't add up. I can't see keeping these guys around, feeding them and housing them for uh, 60, 70 years. I don't know how you, how to, how those calculations came about right there. Let me tell I you, do, it, before you go go on, let me, let me explain it real quick. The fact is that there's all kinds of mandatory appeals. Lawyers cost significantly more than bologna sandwiches. Um, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't cost much to house inmates. The fact is, uh, you know, if there's 100 or 101 inmates in the average uh, jail, it doesn't matter. So, um, and it doesn't really matter if they make, you know, 100 or 101 servings of beans um, as far as the, the money goes. But it really matters when you know some inmate has to get 15 different uh, you know legal situations going on and there has to be judges and stenographers and lawyers and all kinds of people the clerks and all those kinds of people are paid not to mention the death penalty's never been proven to be a deterrent to crime anyway right if you look at the states where they have the death penalty and the states where they don't have the death penalty you'll see no correlation um, in deterrent I, I think we have the death penalty for the same reason why 14 year olds can get legally married and that I mean it comes down to religion Mm-hmm. You know, it make a lot of sense what you guys say, and uh, and I really do appreciate that. But I honestly believe that uh, uh, some of these people just need to go. Like well, like this guy right here, he just need to go. And I know he hasn't the, been uh, convicted. The is wrong. He he uh, hasn't even been convicted yet, and you want to put him to death? Yesterday, 
That's ridiculous. I mean, the, you this... know that his face was that the, the person who did the shooting in the theater's face was covered. No one saw this person shoot. I mean, if this right, was... but do you have any doubt who killed those people? I, I wasn't there. Is I, there I, any I, doubt in your mind who killed yes. those people? Yes, I, I do not make judgments about things that happen half a nation away. I just don't know, sir. Try to think of things in this way. Imagine if it was you that was accused of a crime and you didn't do it. And whatever standard you think should be in place to protect your rights, that same standard should be in place to even protect uh, this person who, you know, most likely is the person who did it. But this person still deserves protection uh, for the same they reason. They deserve to be, you know, given a trial and, and have the evidence exactly. pr- uh, pr- shown and convicted you know, by a jury of his peers. Some of the most noble people, I think, are criminal defense attorneys that represent some of the most despicable clients. And the reason for that is they're not protecting that particular person. They're protecting everybody else because if even the worst amongst us that can't have a fair trial, that means the state can run roughshod over everyone's rights. I would rather have 100 guilty people go free than one innocent person be put behind bars. Wouldn't you, Melvin? Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, like I said... Uh, what if it was I, I, your son I, I, what if or it was daughter you? or you? Well, it's, it's a lot of hypotheticals you could put in there. No, you know, that, that's, st- that's not a hypothetical. There are innocent people that are put behind bars, and it's wrong every single time. If it was you or your son or your daughter or your wife who ended up being accused wrongly of a crime they didn't commit, if you could press a button and release 100 people from jail uh, who absolutely were guilty but also release the person you love, wouldn't you do it? Well, but the key word you just said was wrongly. In this case, he's not wrongly You accused. don't know that. He hasn't been convicted. Apparently, he's been convicted in Even your mind. Even the people were in the theater don't know this is this case. Now, now, there's a conspiracy theory out there. I don't know if this is true either, but you don't either. Is that uh, the United Nations has some kind of gun ban thing that's coming going to be ruled on next week? I thought it was tomorrow. But whatever. whatever it is. I have no idea. Um, and what if, I don't know, I mean, in this crazy world of intelligence agencies, you know, what if uh, somebody from some super secret, uh, you know, uh, the, the National Security Agency or whatever decided that they wanted to see a gun ban in the United States and they thought the best way to do that was to have a massacre? So they slipped something into this guy's uh, fruit punch. Uh, they brought him along and they dropped him off in the parking lot after they shot up to the movie theater dressed just like them. We don't know what could happen. It's a far fetched story, but. You just don't know. We we know that he told the police that his apartment was booby trapped. Also, is, is that so? I mean, you, you know, you, you there for that for conversation? Kind of reason. Or are you taking the police's word for it? Or are you taking the mainstream media's news uh, word for it? Melvin, thanks for the call. I'm sorry to hear you've already convicted a man without any uh, real uh, evidence being presented or court trial. Thanks for the call tonight. Eight five five four fifty free. Well, the media has determined he's guilty, so therefore he must be guilty, right? I mean, oh, I think he's probably uh, hung. The media is never wrong. Right? Media wouldn't make mistakes or jump to conclusions or possibly do whatever it is and report whatever it is the police tell them without question. No, they would never do anything like that. Just believe everything you're told. Hour 3 is next. Free Talk Live. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Which order you can go this way? You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm I'm comfortable here, actually. Whoa, 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 hey, 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 who do you think you are? Excuse me. There is no video or audio allowed in this office. No, I have work today. This is, you ain't gonna make, wait, now, now, wait a minute. Whoa,
Why are you running from Because you're scared of property. What am I being detained for? You're being served. What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Coming this summer, Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. See the trailer now at victimlesscrimespree.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. That's what we do on this program. We open the phones. You can bring up whatever you want. 855-450-FREE is a toll-free number. 1-855-450-3733 as we launch here into the third hour of the program. Joining you this evening here in the studio of LRN.FM, it is Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. Brad is a longtime friend of this program and co-host with us every other Thursday night. And that's not every Thursday night because you've got to drive a long way to get here. You are really uh, probably the most dedicated uh, co-host, at least as far as the time that you're putting into the show right now. What is it, a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour drive? Oh, it's three. three. Three hours. Three plus. Easy. For real? For real. So you're coming all the way down here just to hang out with us and talk with our listeners on the air. And that's great. You're a former cop, uh, 11 years on the force. No longer, though. However, you are running for sheriff, uh, and uh, that's pretty exciting. Bradforsheriff.com is your website. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm running for sheriff in Coas County, about uh, 20 miles north of where I grew up uh, in Glynn, New Hampshire. And I'm um, running because I think now more than ever, it's very important that people have someone they can rely on to defend their rights. I love it. It sounds great. I'm behind your uh, campaign. Made a donation the other day at bradforsheriff.com. I just made one. Oh, excellent. Uh, so 855-450-FREE is our number here tonight. You can bring up anything you want. And still to come, the magnet ban. We'll tell you about that. Uh, but your calls come first. I believe Kelvin is on the line in Colorado on the amp lines. Kelvin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening. Hey, hey what's Ian, on your mind? Uh, Mark and Bradley. Hey, Kelvin. Nice to hear from you. Hey, nice to hear from you, too. Uh, I want to say I appreciate you uh, taking those long drives. You you really uh, add a, an excellent dimension to the show and a little different perspective in your uh, experience and everything. So uh, I, for one, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, what I'm uh, calling about, uh, you know, this, I know we're beating this horse to death here, but it's... Uh, That's what we do here on Free one. Talk Live. We beat horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Regarding the uh, the shooter at the uh, uh, Aurora, Colorado uh, movie theater, uh, I just found a, uh, a story this morning that said that uh, a notebook detailing uh, the shooter's plans was uh, sent to a psychiatrist at the University of Colorado, uh, and it had in, inside you know details of what uh, what was going to happen and everything. And there's mixed reports about whether this uh, this notebook arrived July 12th or, or Monday the 23rd or sometime in between. Uh, but I just think that's an interesting coincidence when there's the other story about the Rocky Vista University College of Osteopathic Medicine uh, has this drill scenario of uh, the active shooter in a movie theater. Uh, and, you know, these are both medical-type things, so maybe, you know, maybe something got, was read and somebody talked to somebody else, and but we're not telling anybody else about it. Or 
anyway, it, just it to clarify really something you've suspicious. said, Kelvin, you're saying this journal or whatever, this plan that was sent to this other location, was it allegedly written by the alleged killer? Uh, yes, it was. And I put wow. I put it up there in the show prep, so the link to the actual article and everything. So over at freetalklive.com. Well, if that was sent before yep. the shooting date, then somebody's going to look really bad for not having done anything about that, huh? Absolutely. So the argument is, well, you know, it didn't actually sit in our meal room for this long time. Oh, yes, it did. And that, you know, or our our spokes, the official spokesman says it didn't arrive till Monday, and some some inside source said it was there on July the twelfth, and you know, all this. You know, of course, nobody's forthcoming about. Uh, well, sure. well, hopefully, there's an investigation going. Would you want it, to be but... in charge of the mail room that sat on the uh, the plans <laughs> for the uh, Colorado, the Aurora, Colorado shooting? I mean, I wouldn't want to be. Wow. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. But but the implication is is that well, maybe it wasn't sat on. Someone looked at it, uh, was a little bit scared, but somebody didn't do anything about it other than tell their you know, fellow person in the medical field about it, and they decided to have a drill. Uh, yeah, who knows what you, <laughs> you would know. do about this? I mean, you know, you get a yeah. you, you get this piece of paper, maybe you turn it in, maybe you don't. You know, you just never know. I mean, the world's full of crazy people. You just you know. Yeah, exactly. So I just uh, thought I called and mentioned that uh, interesting detail, for, Kevin. for the conspiracy. You know. Thanks for sharing that. Anything else on your mind tonight? Well, uh, actually, I was wondering about Bradley. Uh, I, I went and uh, listened to a speaker at Porkfest, who is also a candidate for sheriff in a different county, and uh, this other candidate was uh, talking about uh, Sheriff Mac, Sheriff Mac's book, and the idea of the uh, the sheriff being the highest uh, law enforcement officer in the geographic area, and that the federal government people would have to go through him in order to do any of their federal stuff, and then I believe I've heard Bradley say uh, that that isn't quite uh, going to fly in the real world, and so I was just be interested to hear what, uh, what you'd have to say about that, Bradley. Oh, sure, Kelvin. Well, the, the case that um, a lot of people who are interested in the constitutional sheriff movement, um, the, the case that people reference has to do uh, with, actu- with Sheriff Mack himself, actually. And it had to do with the Brady handgun, uh, um, you know, the the Safety Act that came out in the 90s. And what happened was the federal government passed a law saying that chief law enforcement officers uh, of states have to conduct background checks. And the sheriff took that to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, no, the federal government can't force state officials to do uh, to uh, to perform federal functions. And I think that case gets misread quite a bit to uh to insinuate that the um, the county sheriff has some sort of authority uh, over federal agencies, I personally don't believe that's true. I mean, to, to be uh, if you get elected high sheriff, you have to swear an oath to the federal constitution. And although, what if you don't? What if you don't swear an oath to it? Yeah. Well, the federal constitution requires that anyone who is a state officer uh, or has any type of state authority has to swear an oath to the federal constitution. Wow. Wh- which includes the supremacy clause, which. Which is where the federal government is allowed to do things above uh, above the state level. Now, I although I personally disagree with a great deal of, uh, of federal court decisions, the fact is that's what it is. What it is, and um, 
you know, I I, pers- I I think Frank Sabo, the candidate for sheriff in Hillsborough County, is a very nice guy. I hope he wins uh, because he certainly is a liberty candidate. Uh, but I just think um, some of the things that he says are le- is legally inaccurate. Well, we know that the uh, the feds. We know that most government guys don't really care about the Constitution that they've sworn an oath to. The ones that have sworn an oath, they just really don't care about it. Right. Uh, you know, they probably, probably don't even remember doing it. Uh, at least some of the sheriffs at this courthouse that I was at the other day refused. They they told me they haven't sworn uh, an oath to it, and they're wearing a sheriff's badge. Well, I think they're and, I think they were screwing with you uh, because well, they whatever. have to. Uh, but they said they didn't, and I asked their boss today, and he said he wasn't sure, and uh, they really <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> no <What>? one knows. <laughs> Oath? Uh, I've got a flag on said, my shoulder here. He said he thought he swore the oath. He was pretty sure he swore the oath, but uh, he wasn't so sure about his underlings. Anyway, they don't seem to care about it. So my question is, like, if you swore an oath to the federal government's constitution— or swear an oath to the United States, as I think is the way it's phrased. Right. I swear, you know, I swear the oath to the United States or oath of allegiance or whatever. And then if you do something that violates their set of rules, they'll probably come down hard on you. Whereas if you just ignore it in violating someone else's rights, they don't seem to care about that. Yeah. I mean, my take on the whole thing is that the sheriff does not have to assist the federal government, but the if the if someone an elected sheriff interfered with, say, for instance, the Border Patrol or U.S. Customs or the FBI, mm-hmm. that individual sheriff would be opening themselves up to federal prosecution because the federal government has uh, the lawful authority, so says the courts and the U.S. Congress, to do certain things, and one person just can't change it just because they get elected sheriff. Could you be accused of treason if you were elected? swore an oath to the U.S. government and then spoke out against them? Uh, no, because, you know, speech is protected by the First Amendment. And, I mean, I, I I disagree with a lot of the things that the federal government does. I think a lot of it is unconstitutional, and I'm certainly going to speak out against what it. What if they came along and told you, we passed this law, now you have to do X, Y, and Z, and you disagreed with that and you refused to do it? Would they then be able to come after you? That is what that case is all about. The Tenth Amendment, the federal government can't force state authorities to do things. That's good to know. Hey, uh, Kelvin, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at 855 855- 450 free. See, I would have a problem swearing the oath. So, uh, like, I was thinking about that if I had been elected to uh, city council. They swear an oath to the United States. I couldn't do that. I would have been elected to destroy the United States. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves here. 1-855-453 is the toll-free number. That's 855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Those other talk show hosts charge you for their sites. We give it away. You can go to freetalklive.com and you can get signed up for our news updates. And I don't know if we're going to have to start talking about this differently because uh, it used to be that the Twitter feed, the Facebook, uh, and the emails pretty much mirrored one another in that when I had a news update to send out, 
I would uh, send it out to all three. So I did that this afternoon when I announced our uh, two news stations that we talked about at the beginning of the week in uh, the Wilmington, North Carolina area, the Big Talker FM. It's a, it's a couple simulcast uh, stations down there. And uh, so I sent that out today. I sent it to all three places. But if you've been following our Twitter feed, you've been getting a whole lot more than just the news updates. Uh, and that's because we're experimenting with uh, doing more with Twitter. And I think we might be experimenting doing more with uh, Facebook as well beyond just the updates about the show, like newsy kind of things. Mark, you've been tweeting throughout the show uh, this evening. A little bit, yeah. And so, I don't know, maybe we're going to have to start talking about this differently. Like, soon, Twitter may be way more than just news updates. It may be, like, updates constantly during the show about what's going on, topics and uh, and things like that. And we're looking at syndicating that across to Facebook as well. Uh, so, for now, you can go to news.freetalklive.com. And that's where you can sign up for the emails if you're old school and just get the, the basic news. Or you can get all manner of, what do, what, what do they call that now, granular, the granular information <laughs> uh, about uh, Free Talk Live. We have to think of a new way to talk about these things. Uh, but you can still sign up for Twitter, Facebook, and email over at news.freetalklive.com. To your phone calls and your thoughts, Bill's in Indy listening to WXNT. Hey, Bill. Hey, um, just uh, one comment on the, the guy who was talking about the, the FEMA camps or whatever he was calling them. And it, in a way... I agree with you in the sense that, well, what can you really do about that information? But if you look at society in sort of three broad groups, you could say there's people who are very skeptical of government, which probably are most of your listeners, Mm -hmm. and people who are incredibly naive about government or just totally apathetic, which unfortunately is the largest percentage. (laughs) And then I think there are a lot of people who are kind of semi-skeptical of government because within whatever their scope of expertise is, They've seen the bad side. You know, if they're physicians, they've seen the Medicare garbage. Or if they're farmers, they've seen the corruption in the agriculture department or whatever. And some of those people, I think, if if they get exposed to the fact that there's actually lots of other bad things going on, um, which, you know, presumably that FEMA stuff, at least some of it's true. And if they get exposed to stuff like that, it might make them think, wow, you know, maybe I should be skeptical outside of my little narrow sphere and start respecting other people's worries about their freedoms instead of just mine. So, you know, it, I think in that sense, it may be a good thing for when some. It may be, but I mean, it has a it cuts both ways. This uh, FEMA camp stump stuff has been going on. Um, you know, the, the the stories about it have been going on for at, uh, like a long time. I mean, years and, and yeah. years. And at, there's really not much good evidence for it. Um, yeah, and that's true too. If you, if you do something that's not got credibility, then it can backfire absolutely yeah so well that's the problem with a lot of the conspiracy theories is they're you know they're not backed by a whole lot of evidence yeah. uh, there's a lot of speculation involved right. if there is evidence they there's build... so many out there some of them have to be wrong there may or may not be a <laughs> yeah. giant wah-wah machine in uh, alaska that changes the weather called harp there may or may not be um, you know and and yeah. some of the conspiracy theorists will attribute every single bad weather incident for the last 20 years uh to this thing as if there was never a catastrophe prior to the united states government uh, i mean it just doesn't make any yeah. sense hey, one other comment that's kind of unrelated sure. i'd like to make before, uh, before you do that bill just one other uh, point on this 
And that is that uh, there's so much evidence out there of terrible things the government does to people that is reported in mainstream sources, that is unquestionable, that is, you know, concrete, that is something you can easily point at uh, to show people. Or, you know, you can also look at personal people's personal experience. Like we were talking about the lady. If you look at the Ridley Report video that I posted over at freekeen.com, she watched the government people respond to what the activists were doing here in Keene. And that completely changed her perspective on how how government is so i want to cha- help people change their minds on uh you know the, the the violent monopoly known as the state and i feel like things that are unquestionable are the way to go about it not I speculating about uh, bohemian grove and the things that go on there and by the way you know bohemian grove is very interesting it's very strange like i was reading an article about it uh, the other night i just happened to come across something that uh, they posted to the lou rockwell blog it was a a lengthy blog a lengthy uh, uh, magazine piece from like the late 1980s of some guy that snuck in uh, to the bohemian grove and just basically hung out with the the bohemians for uh for a week and uh, kind of kept sneaking in every single day and acting as though he was supposed to be there and the, the stuff they do there is weird as hell and it's bizarre and and you know there definitely are the power brokers of the world hanging out peeing in public and you know stuff like that and it's just weird uh but th- those things i don't think are as persuasive as the stuff you don't have to speculate about true true the other thing i was going to say is uh you get the uh, the uh i think it was bill o'reilly that kind of riled some people because and and several other uh sort of conservative uh, icons have said comments along the lines of, well, I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment, but the, uh, you know, this is assault weapons. Nobody needs an AK-47. Mm. I guess an analogy I use is, is to people who, who really aren't into the gun culture, but a lot of people do understand the First Amendment. I'll say that's kind of like saying the First Amendment isn't about protecting hard-hitting, politically significant speech. It's to just to protect poetry. You know, these these folks that say, oh, the Second Amendment's about, you know, having a, a beautiful antique gun to hunt ducks with. Yeah. Well, it's really, unfortunately, it's a power struggle thing. You're right on, Bill. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate okay. hearing from you tonight at 855-450-FREEZE. Referencing uh, some comments by, I guess, Barack Obama today or yesterday, pretty recently. There's an article I've got in my show prep about how he's essentially calling for, you know, preventing people from having anything more than just handguns. You know, I read a thing uh I think it was three days ago about Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Um, She said back in 2008, I believe it was, that uh, the president of Egypt, excuse me, the the former dictator of Egypt, uh, Hosani Mubarak, I believe. Hosni. Hosni Mubarak. old Hosni. Yeah, excuse me for uh, butchering that. Well, I've met him at the Bohemian Grove, so I know. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, But she said, oh, he's a family friend of mine, right? So... So here's the Secretary of State. Obviously, uh, she's known to be very anti-firearm. She's friends with a brutal dictator who uses, you know, used firearms on his people to repress them. And she's friends with this fellow, yet she supports stripping away the Second Amendment here in the United States. And anyone who doesn't see the, the hypocrisy in that. Well, Brad, our government would never do anything like right, Mubarak. Right, right, right. This is what people tell themselves. Yeah. I just don't oh, it, think it's going to happen here. It can't happen here, mm-hmm. even though uh, you know in the uh, nineteen uh, or in the World War II times they did imprison people uh, of Japanese and German descent in. Well, but uh, it's not going to happen here to Again? older white people. Oh, I see. The Second Amendment was put in place as a check against a tyrannical government. 
and it was so it's failed well i mean the government marginalizes people takes their rights away one at a time slowly first it's the veterans with mental problems and the next thing you know it's you no doubt 855-453 the sacral cai toll free line you can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up anything you want at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on the site. Uh, they are completely free. Once again, freetalklive.com and features including the listening options. We've got live streams in broadband, midband, and narrowband versions. Different size bit rates for different internet connection speeds. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in that way and also get a list of our over 100 radio stations on the AM and FM band across the country that carry the show at various different times throughout the week. In addition to that, our satellite listening options include XM Satellite Radio, where we're on two different channels as well as the free-to-air KU band channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way as well. It's listen.freetalklive.com. To the phones and your thoughts, your calls. Let's talk to Brian, listening in Huntsville to WBHP. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening. Hey. And uh, I've got, Hey, I've got a question. Yes, sir. Uh, back when I was in the United States military, I signed something and stated out loud saying that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now, at that point, if someone is intentionally circumventing the Constitution and they are domestic, does that make them an enemy? Well, I, you know, all along, as far as I'm concerned, uh, anybody, we, we know who the enemies of the Constitution are. They live in Washington, D.C., um, and the military okay. ought to, uh, uh, you know, get out there, erect a big wall and keep them in. But build a FEMA camp for those people. Right. That's what we need, a big FEMA camp surrounding Washington, D.C., and that would take care of it. But, well, the last time that happened was when the Union was uh, entrenched against Robert E. Lee and the Army of North Virginia around Washington, D.C. Well, but both of them had points to make at that point. Brian, it would seem to me that uh, the decision is up to you, right? Like, you swore an oath to defend against enemies, uh, foreign and domestic, but there's no specification as to what that enemy, uh, you know, how is that defined? What is an enemy? How do you define that? So you would get to decide, I would think, as the person who swore the oath, whether or not those people are enemies. That is my opinion, too. So, that, therefore, if I've sworn an oath to to, to do so, it doesn't have to be active, but in one one form or another, I should defend the Constitution as it is at that time or as it has been amended. You know, there's something that—a story I brought up once to some other law enforcement officers, and I said, you know, 
What if the legislature were to pass a law today that says it's okay to go out and just kill people who wear glasses? Like the legislature says the police are, the police shall go do this. You know, you don't have a choice. It's mm-hmm. the, a legislative mandate. Um, do the police have to do that? And like, you know, of course, I got some strange looks for that. And, and you know, of course the police wouldn't do that and the police shouldn't do that because it's unconstitutional and the constitution well, and they have discretion i think even in the issues of uh, of mandates right the police always can use discretion not with uh the, the police aren't supposed to use uh discretion when it comes to court orders they don't have a d- discretion on felonies either in the state oh uh, that's true that that is true um but still at that point but but still at that point based on based on the founding our founding fathers mindset and everything as they put it in now let's go to the living breathing thing that a lot of people hate which i don't like too but as as far as the people that are out there defending it keeping in mind the constitution the bearers of it the rogue the person above that does it all ought, becomes an enemy against the constitution at that point and that's when you have to make a decision even at your own expense, to defend against it. Yeah, but whatever you do to defend against it, unless you're just going on a radio show, you know, calling in and talking about it, you're going to get put in prison. And and this is, I mean, this is the fallacy of, of you know, the, the, the oath. I mean, I've been to both of New, Hampshire, New Hampshire's police academies, and they do not teach the entirety of the federal or st- state constitution. How can, you know, new officers who swear an oath to, to this document defend it when they don't know what it says? Uh, agreed, based on what Robert A. Heinlein actually said in some of his novels, was it has to come to a cusp, but it has to come to a critical mass, so to say, before it can be reacted against effectively. www.freestateproject.org. There you go. Brian, anything well, else you want to share? Yeah. No, no, thanks, folks, very much. Thanks I for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at 855-450-FREE. He's well-read. The oath of the uh, civil officers here, I heard this given the other day, and I knew that when I read it the first time I couldn't swear swear to it. If I were to be actually elected to some sort of office, which is pretty unlikely, but well, if it were to actually happen. In the, in the unlikely I, event. If, if, I, if I lived in uh, Keene, I would vote for you just to see, just because... I mean, TV is boring nowadays. And just to just to <laughs> hear drama. some of the speeches you would give in Concord, I, I mean, it would be so worth. But the problem is, I never would make it in because uh, they. I guess they would not let me in because the statement here is, "I swear I'll be, bear faith and true allegiance to the United States of America and the state of New Hampshire." I mean, it goes on to talk about the Constitution, but they're saying allegiance to the United States. That means you do whatever it is they tell you to do. And no, I, there's no way I could swear that, especially if I'm running on a campaign of secession. How could I possibly swear allegiance to the United States? I, I would I would it say, does look, put one in a bit of a pickle. Well no, well, no, because you could very easily say that, you know, um, I want to introduce the 28th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And the 28th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution says that if a state wants to leave the union, the federal government will not declare war and advanced tanks. But I would be running as like a state rep. I couldn't amend the U.S. Constitution. You could case. start a constitutional convention, which is, you know... As a state rep? Yeah, this, the state legislature... You could this push is, for it from... You could use the power of the legislature. I believe yeah, it's sure. only happened once with the 21st Amendment to repeal alcohol prohibition, but the state legislatures can uh, initiate a, a reform to the federal constitution above their congressmen. So if I were to run as a uh, political run for political office on a, ca- a campaign of secession and leaving the United States and then refuse to swear this oath they basically if I said look I can swear an oath to liberty because look people elected me to get out of this union I can't swear an oath to the union but well, that would 
what would they do? That would they invalidate the whole election at that point? I don't think you do would a do over. I don't think you'd be violating your oath to the federal constitution if you followed the federal constitution to amend it to allow something else. You shouldn't have to amend the Constitution to leave the Union. I agree with you, but look at history. I mean, and history has shown that if you don't do that, the federal government will blockade you, declare war on you, kill you. I mean, this happened Ian, at Fort Ian puts Sumner. himself into all these kinds of dilemmas with these oaths. It's hilarious. Tell him you're a Quaker and you don't swear oaths. There you go. And then once you're elected, what are they going to do? They're going to have you affirm instead of swear because that's yeah, what, what happens. do you do then, Mark? No, Mr. Know it all. What does affirm mean? It, it, affirming has the same exact penalties under the perjury statute as swearing does. It's the same thing, except it doesn't have this word swear. Cross your fingers. Let's continue. Yeah, what would happen if you did that? If you were just <laughs> standing there with your fingers crossed the whole time? <laughs> or what if you said afterwards, just kidding? If you stood there with your fingers crossed, you'd be a lot more honest than a lot of government employees. That's true. That have <laughs> that I love it. Let's continue here. David's in uh, Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, David. He's a Kenny Buzz. What's up, everybody? Hey, man. Hey, Dave. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, first, what's the difference between tweet and a chat? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> it's the same thing, ain't it? No, like not at all. Chat something to somebody and they chat something back at you. Technically, chat. You, uh, you have to use Twitter to tweet. To do it in or you could right? use t- uh, Twitter to chat with someone in theory, but it's not a traditional form of chatting on the internet. Chat has been around a lot longer than tweeting has. Uh, chatting goes it's back to the. form of chat, though, is it? Not. Well, not really, because you can really only chat, you can really, with tweeting, you can only chat at one other person, so it wouldn't really be that much different from a... reading it, though, right? True, it is a public conversation. just respond to someone else's chat? Yeah. I mean, a tweet? I wouldn't I wouldn't conflate the two together. Chat has a long history on the internet. Chat existed before graphics on the internet did. Uh they've had inter or internet relay chat for as long as the internet has been around basically and uh tweeting's only been around the last uh, few years, only the last 5 years or whatever whenever it was that right. uh, Twitter came out. So no, not the same, not quite. Okay. Got me straightened on now. Now you know. This one with Bloomberg, man. Hold that thought. We'll come back to uh, Bloomberg and uh, what he said about the police in moments. 855-453-1855-450-3733. Still got to talk about those magnets. Uh, they're <laughs> trying to ban magnets. No we'll fun. explain if we get a chance here in a little bit. 1-855-450-3733. Take control in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are imminent. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free here at 855-453. That is a number brought to you by SACL CAI. 
1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. Once again, freetalklive.com. And, of course, if you support this program, become a Free Talk Live amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. It's a great way to get behind Free Talk Live and help us get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board as well. Uh, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there with any major credit card through PayPal or use Visa or MasterCard right on our website. And again, we invest that money into the show. In fact, one of the things we're doing with it is uh, we're kind of moving some uh, money around. Uh, we don't have a whole bunch more or anything like that. So we're kind of moving from one place to another. We're cutting back on Google and uh, going with a PR approach. And so we've hired on uh, a PR a wizard to handle uh, to handle uh, approaching the, the issue of uh, Ademo, our friend who is uh, currently in jail and facing 20 plus years in prison because he was basically acting as a journalist and interviewing government bureaucrats on the record. Uh, they got upset that he was actually recording them, which he'd suggested that he was uh, doing, but didn't actually come right out and say, you're being recorded. So now they're fe- uh, now he's facing felony charges. And uh, our PR wizard has uh, suggested that uh, you guys could help. You, the listener, uh, could help. So maybe you, know, maybe you don't have the three bucks a month to send into the AMP program. That's okay. What you can do if you have an internet connection is go to our uh, Facebook page. And I have made the, the – you press the little star button uh, as an admin on facebook and it locks something basically into the top of the page i've locked in the demo story to that locked in position and if you go to facebook.freetalklive.com you'll see that there copy the link to the uh, the, the story about it the, the press release that we put out and then tweet that link and put uh, pound free a demo uh, which is all one word i guess if you know twitter you probably already know how to do this stuff but I'm just learning it. Uh, and so if you put that link in there and put in the hashtag free a demo and talk about you know what you think about the case, uh, it'll trend on, on, uh, on Twitter and more people will be more likely to hear about what's happening to uh, a demo. So that's a way that you can help a demo out and you can help out coplock.org and you can help out uh, Free Talk Live as well. Uh, and hopefully we can get our friend out of jail at uh, some point here uh, pretty soon. So uh, please, that's one thing that's easy to do. You can just uh, kind of retweet us and uh, tweet out that uh, free demo hashtag as well, and, and copy that uh, that press release. That would be a big big a big assistance to us. Eight five five four fifty free is a toll free number. And again, sign up for the AMP program. That helps as well. Uh, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Amp.freetalklive.com. David is listening in Montana. You're back on Free Talk Live. Yeah, what Bloomberg said in a roundabout way was, I, I want innocent people to suffer and die and and get violence put upon them because they don't listen to what the government says. So, the, you know, when he said the police should go on strike, he was saying, I want you people to suffer the crime and the violence out there without the protection of the state. Who does this guy think he is, man? We should show him who's the ones he don't want to go on strike. Like if all the if we had a big nationwide strike of the truckers, the people who works the train stations, the people who works the shipyards, the people who loads the trucks, the people who unload. Well, that we would be a huge them, that would be a huge impact if those people actually struck. If the police struck, it wouldn't be really a big deal because no, they're not nothing. I bet you it'd be even a safer place. There would be <laughs> half the corruption. Be gone. 
done because at least half of the cops are corrupt because it is in New York City. It's all of them. Drug ward or fighting. Dude, I knew a guy who was a detective on the uh, with the New York Police Department. He told me everyone he knew was corrupt. Yeah, cop. Zerpico, man. Everybody was. Everybody's yeah. bored off. That's why they become cops. They want the retirement and they want the side bennies with the corruption. And this yep. drug war is the 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 epic center of the corruption. You get rid of this stupid drug war that that just funds greater evil Dave, than it could ever stop. Dave, like um my opinion of the drug war is that it's basically corporate fraud and corporate you know, corporations have bought the United Nations laundry money thing. Yeah, I mean the, the the drug war is not based on science, America and world listening to this program. The drug war is based on the fact that it generates a massive amount of money to put people in jail uh for, you know, why do these private prisons lobby so hard to keep these drug laws tough even in the face of all the evidence to the contrary when there's other countries that have decriminalized drugs and the drug abuse rates have gone down. Yeah, America is is based- well, I didn't want to make it about the drug war, but but what Bloomfield, what Bloomberg said, just shows that this guy is evil, man, and he doesn't care about the people. All he wants is power, and he's yep. using his biggest punch that he could use is his power. With the, I'm surprised that there's not one police chief in this nation that stood up and said that that Bloomberg is an, a big a h moron. That, that don't know what the heck is he talking about. And then Obama says people didn't start their business and all this, you know. You didn't and then that. They give <laughs> they give guns to drug pushers, and these drug pushers turn around, kill 300 civilians, and kill the cops that watching them for the drugs. We got moron idiots running our government. No doubt, that David. Are off corrupt. Bastards. Thank you for the call tonight. And I say, Viva Cannabis. (laughs) (laughs) That's liberty. That's liberty. That's freedom. That's independence. Food, clothes, housing, fuel, medicine from one plant that never hurt nobody. Right on, brother. Right on. Thank you for the call, as always. I saw a funny meme on the internet the other day. Uh, It's. of that little baby sort of like making the fist like yeah. yes you know and it it said a look on his face yeah yeah it says government wages uh like a, a 40-year armed war you know you know government with the largest military wages a 40-year armed conflict against unarmed plant you know plant still winning <laughs> so here's a story i say viva magnets uh they are banning buckyballs have, uh, have either of you ever seen the buckyballs haven't they been banned a while for a while they look kind of fun no, uh, they've been no. gone for the toy stars for a little while. Well, I kind of, I kind of want to swallow them. Is that why they're banned? Yeah. According mm. to this story here, the CPSC, a federal agency, filed a complaint yesterday. This story was published today, so as of yesterday, uh, against the magnetic adult desk products because of their potential health hazards for children. This, according to CBSNews.com, also Wired.com reporting. Uh, Wired says if you didn't already get a set of the endless fun known as Buckyballs, it may be too late as they're coming off shelves. Although, as of this writing, you can still buy them online, which is not true, according to CBS News. At least not true in all places. You can buy them from Buckyballs' website, which is getbuckyballs.com. So you can still get them through the manufacturer. But uh, according to CBS, it looks like Amazon, Brookstone, and Urban Outfitters have already pulled the product from their inventory. 
According to the news here, the Consumer Product Safety Commission is suing Maxfield and Overton, makers of the powerful magnets, due to 20 cases over the last four years of children swallowing them. The packaging and promotional materials for Buckyballs clearly state that, like many great things in life, they are not intended for children. Of course, the CPSC notice is quick to point out the critical problems that happen between the ages of 13 and 14. The high-powered magnet sets were labeled ages 13 plus and do not meet the mandatory toy standards, which requires that such powerful magnets are not sold for children under 14. What? So the feds are very upset here about this. Uh, They have uh, labeled their product 13 plus and uh, they are, according to the feds, only appropriate for 14 and up. Could, could you read what the title, what it said in quotes at the top of this idol? Right at the top, uh, where it says, Bucky, I banned. Bucky Ball CEO says, how can this happen in America? You know, and that right there, just this is a, a, a toy that got banned. And that's what this, this gentleman's concerned it's about happening adult, in America. Uh, an adult toy, basically. Right. But I mean, a toy getting banned, like, oh my God, how is this happening in America? I mean... The, is this guy not paying attention to all the other stuff going on? No, he's not. He must not be. Maybe he's paying attention to running his business. He says, obviously, this is a full quote here, obviously the bureaucrats see danger everywhere, and those responsible people, like our company, who have vigorously promoted safety and appropriate use of our products, gets put out of business by an unfair and arbitrary process. I don't understand how and why they did this without following their own rules before allowing us to make our case. It almost seems like they simply wanted to put our products and industry out of business. Consumer Watchdog Group, the CPSC, Consumer Product Safety Commission, has asked for retailers to stop selling the high-powered rare earth magnets because of the risks posed to individuals that swallow the balls. Currently marketed to adults, CPSC reported that more than 2 million Bucky Balls have been sold in the U.S., as well as 200,000 Bucky Cubes. Each container has anywhere between 10 and 216 small magnets. Problems arose when children began swallowing the tiny balls and using them to mimic cheek or tongue piercings, leading to accidental swallowing. Mm. When the magnets are consumed, they can pinch or trap the intestinal walls, leading to inflammation, ulceration, or ripping of the intestines. So now they are saying that uh, this product is no longer going to be available to anyone. The company is still selling it. They have a message at the top of their site saying they might have heard there's a problem with our products. This is not true. We're vigorously defending our right to market these products that you love. Let us know how you feel about this. Comment on Facebook, send a tweet, tell your friends, or just buy a set and stick it to the CPSC. I'm going to buy one as soon as we get off the air. See you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook.